This is the 20th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, Pro, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL, Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk bass fishing. Been a little bit since we were in studio. I think they got the transformer box fixed outside. Lots going on in the world of professional bass fishing. Just wrapped up a Bassmaster Open on one of the most interesting lakes. I, I It's an underrated lake after having been there, and that's uh, catching them or not, because I did a lot of not catching them and then a little bit of catching them. Uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow uh, in depth. Uh, Tristan McCormick is going to come on for the uh, striking open EQ in-depth breakdown. We'll talk a little bit with it today with today's guest. Get him on a couple times a year. Andrew Upshaw. Big news coming from Andrew Upshaw. I think he's going to announce uh, this year's uh, season of Open Pros Pick'em. Uh, good for Andrew Todd and Ish. Typically not great for me, but hey, we work our way through it on a weekly basis. Uh, weekly basis with the Elite Series. Elite Series kicking off this week on Toledo Bend. Uh, it could be a slugfest. It could be awesome. We'll talk to Andrew a little bit about that. Obviously, he lives right on the shores of uh, Toledo Bend. And then the MLF Bass Pro Tour on Santee Cooper this week based on some of the uh, social media posts that I've seen. Muddy and tough, but like always, Santee Cooper, a, uh, a slugfest, a traditional kind of wheelhouse fishery on the schedule. And then we're actually there in a couple of weeks for the Bassmaster Opens. But first, uh, really quick, before we get to Andrew Upshaw, I want to bring in uh, Adam Bartuzek from the Crappie Chronicles. And if you've been following their journey online uh, on the Crappie Chronicles, which is ice fishing, they have been searching for ice basically the majority of the year up in Minnesota. But uh, uh, something that we do every single year, is the fundraiser for the Dick Hiley St. Jude Bass Classic raised over a million dollars for the 25th anniversary last year, rapidly approaching the first week of May this year, the 26th anniversary, and the second edition of the Break Your PB St. Jude fundraiser uh, that Adam puts together along with the guys from the Crappie Chronicles. Uh, I got Bart. Now, Bart's a night owl, so for you getting up at 8.30, greatly appreciated, Bart. Thanks for jumping on real quick to talk a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah, I am a night owl. I'm trying to change my sleeping schedule, be more of a regular adult now that I'm in my 30s, but uh, we'll see if that actually works. <laughs> Listen, I, I attempted that for uh, the majority of my 30s, and I'm still working on it. Uh, yeah, as Andrew, right. who's had to room with me for the last couple of weeks out of the last month, can attest to. But yeah. uh, something we always do that you're doing in uh, New Prague, Minnesota, Giesenbroy, Beer company. You got it. Did I, did I pronounce ours. that right? There you go. Finally, boy. <laughs> February 24th, 4 to 9 p.m. Uh, I will be there in Minnesota this Saturday. You will be there. The guys from the Crappie Chronicles will be there. Tons of raffle tickets and, and prizes all going to support St. Jude. Talk a little bit about the event uh, and if you're in the area, uh, how you can stop by uh, to meet me and the guys from the Crappie Chronicles and have a chance to win some really cool stuff. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, so there's a couple couple new things this year. Number one, the first thing will be a $20 suggested donation when you enter, and that'll get you a limited edition pint glass from Giesenbroy and the Crappie Chronicles, as well as a couple general raffle tickets and a free beer. Um, along with that, we'll have a food truck there. Steven D's will be there uh, for people who aren't familiar they are like a super good burger, fries, cheese curds, stuff like that, food truck. So it'll be really good. And then, yeah, we have two different sections of prizes this year, basically. We have raffle prizes and then we have grand prizes. So some of the grand prizes uh, will be like uh, we'll have raffle boards, basically. So there will be a hundred raffle tickets on a board. You can buy as many of them as you want. Once a hundred are gone, they're gone. And then we'll draw from that pool. Then there'll be general raffle tickets for 
a uh, bunch of sponsor items from the Crappie Chronicles, and then what are you're bringing some stuff down too, Panger? Yes, you? we have uh, we have an Afco prize pack, a Sunline prize pack with some of the new uh, lighter braided lines, the sinking braided line, uh, the metered braided line, some good leader material. So that'll be there, and then also a couple rods uh, from Denali Fishing. Yeah, so there will be a bunch of prizes there, and I know I think a lot of the people that came last year, yeah, you can come meet us and hang out and everything, but there's just a bunch of fishing people there, so you just kind of get a chat fishing the whole evening. Uh, unlike last year, it's not going to be like zero, so it's going to be like 40 degrees on Saturday. going to be really, really nice out, so uh, be it's basically spring up in Minnesota now. We just <laughs> had another cold wild. blast, but... It's getting into the 40s and all the snow is melting. So it's going to look very different than last time you were here. All of this money, obviously, we just had uh, Miles Bergov on talking about his daughter, uh, Riley, uh, who is currently at St. Jude in Memphis. Uh, all of this uh, money that is raised at the Break Your PB St. Jude fundraiser goes uh, directly, 100% of it goes directly to St. Jude, uh, one of the main reasons why uh, any uh, child or family who is being treated at St. Jude will never get a bill uh, because of the incredible fundraising efforts that people uh, like Gretchen and Katie do over at St. Jude. Uh, and this has become one of the signature series events, the Dick Hiley St. Jude Bass Classic, the first week of May. But uh, this is kind of our fundraiser. Uh, the, if, if you're unable to attend and want to make a direct uh, donation through uh, our link so you know that it is it is going uh, uh through the crappie chronicles of btl and uh, you to saint jude that link will be in the bio for this show on youtube all the information for this event is too so stop on by get some cool stuff and if you're into ice fishing specifically if you're up north you guys have some crazy stuff that's uh that you guys are giving away adam yeah yeah Rafflin. like literally like thousands of dollars of ice fishing stuff i know the people who came last year and we had a pretty good crowd last year but like the dollar of stuff you got to walk away with for donating like a hundred, 200 bucks was ridiculous. There was a lot of people walking away with some cool stuff. So yep. it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. And thank you everybody for helping us raise all the money for St. Jude. I know uh, Panger and I both got a very different view of everything when we got to go to the actual mm -hmm. hospital in Memphis in November. So we see where all the money goes. We see where all the fundraising goes to, uh, it's a crazy operation going on there. And now that Miles is kind of there and going through it all too, I think it means a little more to the fishing community. So if people want to donate, like Matt said, there is an additional link. Uh, it also has tax forms and stuff. So if you want to make it as a business right off, you can fully do that. So yeah, thanks everyone for the help. All right, good stuff. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance, check out the Crappie Chronicles. Just posted an episode, multiple sixteen inches through the ice. But I will be, uh, I will be headed up on Friday to Minnesota. So if you guys have any questions, uh, DM me uh, Instagram at Matt Pangrak or email Matt at basszone.com. Or if you're in Minnesota, you can also get a hold of Bart. So yeah, all good for sure. Reach out if there you want to see. Yeah, have any questions? Otherwise, we'll see you guys there. All right, I'll let you get back to sleep. All right, sounds good. See you, buddy. All right, see you. All right, that is Adam Bartuzek from the Crappie Chronicles. Let's jump right in to our next guest today, Andrew Upshaw. Uh, get him on BTL a couple times every year. There's Andrew uh, back in the studio. Dude, you were busy. I didn't realize you were going straight from the open to your academy, your Let's Fish TV Academy. I opened up social media and you've got all sorts of stuff set up outside of Academy uh, yesterday, I believe in Lufkin, Texas, uh, for people who could uh, come by, get their rod, reel spooled, all sorts of stuff. Uh, dude, you just never stop. No, I don't. Uh, I actually drove back on Saturday and my dad and I washed my boat, washed and cleaned my boat, carpet, <laughs> everything. And just scrubbed everything going into the dark on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I was up and rolling to Academy and setting up a, a really fun event. We had a lot of people show up. We spooled a bunch of uh, rods and reels with Strike King line. Gave away, I don't even know how many spools lined, a ton of them. I'll probably get in a little trouble for that, as many as I gave away. How many spools, who, how many spools of line did you give away? I don't even, probably over 100. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I gave away <laughs> a lot of line. Um, and gave away a brand new custom light spinning reel, which is the spinning reel that I use, mm -hmm. um, all the time. It's just the one that I use on all my tournament stuff. 
And then obviously we got, I got about three episodes I'm filming this week off for Let's Fish TV, getting ready for the season, picking up my new boat. Uh, probably this week it's getting wrapped, but I still got to get everything installed, motor, graphs, power poles, everything. Um, so I'm going to be using my old boat for the next event still. So yeah, a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. I'm the same way. I think the, uh, the new Puma comes after, uh, Santee Cooper and, uh, one of the things that's becoming apparent is, the different ways that uh, pro- professional anglers, because it's, uh, would you agree that it is a weird time to be in the fishing industry, trying to make your living fishing, trying to make a living in general in the fishing industry? It's not nearly as black and white or cut and dry as I think it was 10 years ago. Like you have to have a number of, of uh, let's see if I can get this right, irons in the fire yeah. uh, in order to make it work. And dude, you seem to have more irons than anybody. Yeah, I and a lot of that's self-inflicted, unfortunately. Um, you know, but the thing is, is you've got to make yourself more valuable. And I, and I preach that. I have so many high school and college anglers ask me, how do you break in the industry? And it's about getting more and more irons in the fire all the time. And to a point where it seems like you're about to lose your mind because you have so many in there. Um, but I think it makes you more valuable. It makes you a, a better asset. And whenever they look at the chopping block and they're saying, who are we going to cut this year? Because the fishing industry is is going in the wrong direction right now because of interest rates and everything else that's going on. They say, well, Andrew's got, he's doing this, 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 and this. And they're like, well, we can't cut him right now for everything that he has going on. So the more valuable you can make yourself, the better it's going to be in the long run. Um, and so the harder I work, the better chance I have to survive in this industry during this time. I know you got some really cool episodes of Let's Fish TV filmed uh, in Florida following. I won't give any of that away. I don't know how much you've like prefaced that. But uh, one of the things I think people don't realize is, you know, after a tournament or before a tournament, Upshaw will fish the open and then stick around and shoot like five or six episodes for Let's Fish TV. And we had a little bit of a talk after Florida where you said, man, you know, a lot of people are are looking at uh, social media for the value and looking at all of uh, the apps and the online stuff and the presence. But man, there is still a very viable channel to reach a lot of people through traditional TV shows. And when you think traditional TV shows, you're thinking half hour, you know, Bill Dance, Roland Martin, Jimmy Houston, Orlando Wilson, back in the day that I think a lot of people think are is, is, is kind of on the way out. But you're saying, no, dude, we're still able to reach a lot of people and sponsors still find that TV slot on traditional cable TV incredibly valuable. It is. You know, now TV's changed significantly over the last decade. I mean, actually, every year it seems to change more and more. I mean, you have to be on more streaming platforms. you got to make yourself available in all these different things, you know, whether it be streaming, uh, traditional TV, YouTube, all this different stuff. But yeah, I mean, the deal is, is everybody can start a YouTube channel these days. And at the end of the day, it's still not a highly produced TV show. Now, there's always exceptions to every rule. You got Brian Latimer. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Brandon Polinick puts out some amazing stuff. And, and and that's all great. But the the list of those guys is just on a couple of hands. And when you look at the TV side of things, yes, there's not as many people there as there used to be. But when you look at really like what I bring, like what Scott Martin brings, you know, just a hand, I mean, you're you're talking like less than 10 that truly have a TV show that still do this to, to the level of what I do as well. So it is a different deal. Uh, You got like Mark Zona. I mean, like it's just not a huge market. And so what that allows you to do is to have a little bit more of a, a niche uh, market like I have, you know, where I bring a lot of different things to the table and I use a lot of my different platforms, but TV's not dead. I mean, there's still too many people that are tuning in. Like, like I said, you just got to adapt with the times and I've adapted in a lot of different ways. We do a lot of streaming stuff as well. We bring it to YouTube. We bring uh, real short clips of Facebook. And if anybody's watched my Facebook or the let's fish TV Facebook over the last I don't know, three or four months, we've actually repurposed a lot of our old shows into five minute shows for Facebook where you can kind of catch, you know, like one or two big catches 
and some you know some really good tips and things on that. So and that's been a humongous success as well. So so that's the other thing. So I uh, don't do Facebook uh, with. I mean, I have one personally, but I don't get on there. I don't do Facebook with BTL. And you're saying Facebook has made a resurgence as well, and you're getting a a lot of views and a lot of interaction on that platform as people kind of go away from it. It's almost like old school, like the spinner bait coming back, wouldn't you say? Well, you know, the the cool thing about Facebook, you know, the younger generation probably doesn't use Facebook as much as they used to. Uh, Not with Snapchat and all these other new apps that they've come out with that are way cooler. But, you know, Matt, you and I aren't that cool. We want to be that cool, but we're just not that cool anymore. I'll agree with that. So what Facebook has become is the old man streaming, you know, uh, social platform. And so the people who are on Facebook are the ones that really want to watch kind of content like that and and to catch up with like a show that I have or like what you have. And so keeping that, the people like that informed and and give them a a platform to watch your stuff is a really good thing. And they're not taking 30 or 40 minutes out of their day. They're taking four or five minutes out of their day. So yeah, Facebook, I'm going to tell you, I'm not necessarily say it's a resurgence, but I just think the people who are there are active. And they use it quite a bit. And it's just a good platform for what my show is. Whereas in other shows, it might not be as good a platform. So, uh, but it works for what I'm doing. How many shows a year are you doing now? Because this is your, is this, are you entering your second or third year of, of kind of running it? That, uh, this is in, entering my third year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I ran a lot of everything we did two years ago. Uh, and last year it was all on me. And then this year will be all on me as well. So, um, it is 39 episodes, which is, I don't <laughs> know insane, the on everything, but I'm going to say it's probably the largest TV show in the United States right now for fishing mm-hmm. that are original episodes that aren't re-airs or any of that stuff. True original content, 39 straight weeks, not like spread out, like 39 in a row. And we start the first week in March airing. So, um, I end up personally shooting around 26 or 27 throughout the year. Um, whereas I bring Matt on for a couple, I bring Castledine on. I've got some really awesome guest hosts coming this year that I can't say yet, but I'm really excited about some of the people I've got coming on uh, that I'll be shooting a few. Any teasers on uh, what type of shows we're looking forward to in the first couple months? Uh, first couple months, we have a clown knife fish show coming uh thanks to panger and uh it's no, thanks to thanks to captain justin jones mainly yeah justin jones but you can introduce me to him and and that was that one's gonna be an awesome show i think a lot of people are really gonna like that show and it's just such an exotic fish you're not gonna see it every day and i don't even know if there's really even been a show on that uh and maybe there has in florida but um i've never seen one i've never seen one personally so i think it'll be a really interesting show and kind of understanding the habits of how they they you know, swim around and what they do. So, I mean, and Justin knows all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. And we got some really good crappie shows coming and I've got some really awesome bass shows. Um, I I think it's going to be a good mixture. This year, my goal is to bring on some really cool guests to teach people some stuff that they may not have ever seen before and to try to catch some fish of a lifetime on camera. And so far we have, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, we filmed about, six episodes and of those six a couple of them are pretty awesome i mean Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna tell you flat out they're gonna be really good uh you know you've been in the industry for a long time you're the first angler to qualify for the bassmaster classic through uh the bassmaster college series which has kind of just become a a standard spot in the classic now uh it's hard to believe what was that 2012 yeah that was Chris Lane's classic where they kneeled with the arm and they caught the six pounder right there at the end. Um, but uh, you've definitely gotten more involved in the industry over the years. One of the things that I know is that you're good buddies with Scott uh, Martin, who is a master at this, who basically took what his dad did and then did it on a bigger platform. And now his daughter Hillary's doing it on a bigger platform. I mean, it's a heck of a legacy, but getting involved with the TV, doing the meet and greets, all of this stuff, the YouTube, all that, how much of that have you had discussions with Scott? I know you've roomed with them for a number of years. You talk to him on a regular basis. Is that something that he kind of 
told you, hey, if you want to do this, this is what you have to do? Or uh, no, I no? mean, Scott's always been a good sounding board if I had questions and, and things. But what I did is when Scott and I started rooming together, I kind of saw the light. You know, mm-hmm. I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, like what I was doing before was so obsolete and so terrible. And, and like, <laughs> I mean, truly, like it was a, you know, so many things that I was doing, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is everything that I was preparing, how I was preparing, uh, where I thought I was getting views and, and all these impressions was just kind of horse crap. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah. Like I, I just, but I, it was because I had blinders on. And so what Scott showed me was the bigger picture of everything. And actually Scott was like, man, are you really going to do this? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think it is the way to go. And, and, I've always said, and, and this is something I've lived by forever, and I, and I think it's a good way to live by, uh, you know, a thought process is, you know, if I get a lot of people that call me and say, hey, man, I, I'm next year, I think I'm going to start this podcast or I'm going to start this YouTube channel. You should have started it yesterday. And, and like the longer you wait, the longer you're obsolete. And whenever all this, when I saw the light and I was like, this is a big deal that I jumped right in and I didn't. Because I knew about the YouTube thing like eight years ago, and I refused to do it because I was lazy. I, I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I've got to focus on this and that, and that was all dumb. But I jumped in then, like, oh my gosh! And so ever since then, ever since I started the YouTube stuff, I was like, no more waiting around. Like, if I see an opportunity, I'm taking it, and if I crash, I crash. But you know, I haven't. So I'm just gonna keep rolling. All right, we're going to take our first break of the show talking with uh, Opens EQ angler and uh, national TV show host, Andrew Upshaw. Uh, when we come back, I want to dive a little bit into the uh, fishing side of things. I think uh, it's based on what we saw last year in the Open EQs. I think there's a lot of guys who are trying to figure out the best way to get through nine tournaments this year. Is that a fair assessment, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, and and there's some interesting things that have gone down just in uh, the first two events. So we're going to touch on that. And then we will also uh, dive into what everybody's been waiting for, which is uh, some details on the Open Pros Pick'em Show uh, coming back for a fifth year already. Yeah, our fourth fourth year, I think. Fourth year already? It's hard to believe that that's been fourth. Uh, this is the fourth year coming on that. But with the Elite Series kicking off uh, on Thursday, uh, Andrew will give some details on that, but it is BTL back in studio February 19th, Monday, and we'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. 
What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. In 2023, we became a household name in the crappie fishing world thanks to Power Breaks the Game Changer. Hey, bass fishing world, buckle up, because <laughs> you're next. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the next evolution of our product line, Power Breaks Sidekick, designed to install right on your shallow water anchors. We are the first and only fishing brake company to offer a breakaway system. Just like with the Game Changer, the Power Brake Sidekick has it as well. And it's not a matter of if you're going to need it, it's when. Power Brakes, the most durable fishing brakes available on the market today. Made right here in the USA with our rock-solid two-year warranty. Hey, not all fishing brakes are built equally, and you owe it to yourself to find out why ours are different. Power Brakes Sidekick. Order yours today at MyPowerBrakes.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Monday talking with Andrew Upshaw. Uh, and you saw that last commercial there. So uh, obviously BTL has partnered with Power Breaks, but I had the uh, the opportunity to fish with those things over the past week. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, they're like trying to figure out how to stay up with the bass market. They were in the crappie in, in crappie world for so long and then the bass guys. So uh, me, uh, Daryl Gleason, a couple of the other guys had the my power breaks on and uh, you saw me fish with them this week a little bit, Andrew. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Basically, you can stop your boat over deep water. I yeah, think everyone's no, going to have them kind of trippy a little bit because like, yeah, I know when I saw you're like, Hey, watch this. And like, <laughs> I, I do up to you and you're like, Wah! and you just went like straight back. And I'm like, without using your trolling motor, it was just kind of a, like a surreal look, like how your boat was moving and maneuvering. It, it, it is. Wild. Now, listen, obviously I'm going to talk good about them because they're sponsoring the show. They're sponsoring BTL for the year. They're trying to get their name out in the bass world. Uh, Instead of just taking my word for it, watch the live coverage of the Elite Series on Toledo Bend and what goes down in the MLF at Santee Cooper, especially over the next tournaments. And you will see more and more of these things show up on the back of boats to the point where when we go up north, I would venture to say 90% of the guys will have them on the boat. Would you not agree with that, Andrew, just based on the... I can get you hooked up, I think, if you want to set... Yeah, I might. I don't know. I I understand that the premise behind it, and I and I definitely think there's a time and a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, up north is definitely going to be a place that I could see somebody using that and to an, a clear advantage. I mean, yeah, and because I understand that the idea behind it. Because I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, I'm not sponsored by them. They don't do anything with me. But basically, you have your poles halfway down, and when you're trolling. Let's say, for instance, you see a fish at like 40 feet and he's swimming to you. You hit the power brakes going backwards and it keeps that fish at 40 feet without ever having to spook them with your front troll motor uh, as they swim closer to you, which gives you more of an opportunity to fish for them. And it is pretty wild when you start thinking about how long you can stay on a fish, you know, that doesn't ever spook. So uh, especially these really clear water reservoirs and where you're actively focusing on that's what you're doing like you're you're using forward facing sonar and it is just you're locked in on it so um yeah no i, I definitely see the benefit of it for sure it's wild and i don't have it 100 percent dialed in yet as to how because it's just too it's anyway it's cool stuff i gotta figure out how to actually show everybody how it works that's kind of yeah there's a lot of, of my idea I mean, yeah it's just a lot i mean i think once you get it dialed in and like how you know, how to use your setup and, and how to use it yep. to your, the best of its ability. It'll be um, unreal, completely unreal. All right, let's talk briefly. Uh, we don't have to go super in-depth. Like I said, Tristan McCormick coming on tomorrow. One of the features uh, where we break down the open with either uh, Tristan or uh, Dakota Ebear following each event. Ebear uh, is jumping. Uh, this is terrifying. So Ebear's jumping in the Yoda series on Rayburn. Uh this week because he just hasn't taken enough people's money over the past two and a half years. Uh, so we're going to kind of alternate it, but uh, Tristan McCormick will come on like he did uh, after Florida to break down uh, kind of in depth how things went on Washita. But, uh, you know, I roomed with you. We were on the water pretty much the same time. Dude, I, you have a little experience with FLW. I was unaware of how cool and diverse Washita was. There's like eight or nine different things you could do. It was 
not one using live scope at all, which was a shock to me, but just a really cool fishery, especially after we all were packed into the same area in Florida, 250 boats. Like I literally was like, dude, I saw like three boats one day. Yeah, no, it, it is a really cool spot. You know, obviously I fished a cup there uh, way back when, and, and I've spent a little time there. So having my finish that I had was severely disappointing, but I haven't been there in February ever either. And, you know, and actually in the summertime, the grass doesn't play as much. I mean, there at least a couple of times that I've been there, the grass didn't play as much. Uh, it did, however, I did fish a BFL regional there in September one time that Dickie Newberry just absolutely destroyed. But that's when the hydrilla was like matting out and you could catch them flipping it really well. Um, but that's been years and years ago. But it was a really cool spot. You know, I have a lot of regret on how I approached the tournament because I was like, I'm going to go all in. I'm tired of getting my teeth kicked in on this forward facing sonar stuff. And honestly, I, I, you know, hindsight's always 2020, but I should have just gone to my roots and fish grass. But it is so cool because you can run up the river, you can fish dirty water, you can fish the grass and the cleaner water. You can go live scope around and catch them. You can fish timber. You can go crank rock. I mean, there's just so many opportunities and quite frankly, the problem when you have so many different opportunities, if you try to do too many things at once, you're you're hurting yourself. And if you pick the wrong thing to do, you're hurting yourself the same way. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. You go look at a guy that, like, won it, like Kendy. I mean, I think his primary thing was fishing grass and rock mix. Uh, you know, somebody that didn't make the top ten but still had an awesome tournament, Ish Monroe, I know he was fishing grass exclusively, was like insanely dialed in, and that's just what he did and had a big day on day two. Uh, whereas like a Clark Ream ran up the river and fished dirty water and fished wood the whole time. So, you know, guys that caught him that had a good events did completely different things. Like it was wild. I mean, Blake Schroeder, our other roommate, was throwing a chatterbait in, in dirty water. You know, yeah. so – it just kind of goes to show you that, like, if you just went and fished your strength or what you felt confident in, you probably had a pretty good tournament. It, so I went into that. So I had just recorded the Drew Gill uh, episode. This was before he actually won uh, won that event on Rayburn, right? Mm -hmm. And he was coming off a third-place finish on Toledo Bend, and he did this hour and 20-minute show about committing to – uh, to the technology and stuff. So I went, dude, I, this was the first time that like I did that for three days. It's incredibly hard to do the exact same thing for three days and trust the process and keep going. And in the end, I've completely bailed on it. Like for the most part, like I, I did not have the respect, like when money was on the line, when points were on the line to actually sell out for one thing and just trust that you're going to find the juice, what you need to be the correct drain. Dude, that's way harder to do in person when you have three and a half days and 12 hours in your brain than it is to look at these guys and go, Oh, well he just looks until he finds them and then they catch him. Like, dude, that's freaking hard to do, man. Like I was spinning out big time. Yeah, no, it was, it was hard. I, I did the same thing. And, and every once in a while I would, every day I would just be like, Oh, I got to go to the grass and I'd go and I'd, I'm like, what am I doing? I get to get back out there. And, and I would, I just was bouncing around. I was like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, much respect to those guys that can just go out there and just scan for 12 hours a day. And <laughs> I, I just like, I, I can't do it. Like I just, you know, but the problem was, and, and not to give excuses, because obviously there was plenty of guys that did it every day and caught them and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I think we were kind of, uh, we were kind of at the mercy of the weather a little bit with the guys that really sold out to it. And why I say that is it started warming. And, you know, we had that really cold first couple of days of practice and it started warming and warming and warming. And I really do believe that uh, that warming condition helped move those fish and it just kept pushing more and more fish to the bank. And it really hurt what we were doing. I think if it had to stay cold that week, and I mean like bitterly cold, I really think our bite would have continued to be as good as, or better than what it was the first couple of days. A lot of discussion on how technology is taking uh, important elements out of the game. I would say that this was a, a perfect example of how uh, decision-making mm -hmm. and fishing your strengths still 
are the utmost importance in success on the water. When you look at who won and how he won it, and you look at how many guys uh, either fish their strengths or, or adjusted to conditions, like those are decisions that you have to make uh, during an event. And I was watching that that final day and was like, man, it's crazy on how we all thought it was going to go down one way. And out of the 10 guys, they were doing seven different things all over the entire lake on that final day. And it was just a really cool example of how, hey, there is still a lot of thinking, decision-making, and adjusting on the fly. And it's not just one thing. You can't just look at one tournament and say, this is how it's all going to go down because this is proof that there's still you can still crank. You can still trap grass. You can still win without forward-facing sonar. You could still do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I, but I will say this. Uh, I think this was um, – I, I agree with you to an extent, but at the same time, I think this – particular event just really was the perfect storm for people catching them in the grass on the bank like i said had it stayed cold this tournament gets dominated absolutely either dominated with either a trap in the grass or on with four faces so yeah, i think the, i think the shallow rock the shallow wood all that stuff goes out the window um you know i i think you're gonna see a completely different uh, example here at salita bend this week uh, than what you saw at the Bass Pro Tour event that they had just a couple weeks ago. Um, the Right now, practice, everybody's complaining. I mean, you look at any single person's post, they're saying, oh, the fishing's so tough, and it's it's cold this morning, and, and we're not catching them. They are going to blast them this week on Toledo Bend, and they're not just going to blast them with a minnow and pinging it with their forward-facing sonar. They were going to do it in a lot of different ways. That's cool. Uh, the Elite Series is on Toledo Bend. Let's touch on that. You literally live on Toledo Bend. <laughs> it's about 100 yards from my window right now. That's awesome. And you finally got like good internet at the house, so you don't have to do everything in a truck now either. Was That, yeah. that had to be a pain in the butt. No, no, this is still no, terrible easy. internet. We just haven't lagged out for some reason. It's, oh, okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, don't want to push our luck. But yeah, I mean, it seems to me like Toledo Bend is firing on all cylinders right now from everybody that I've that, that I've talked to and has been for the past couple of years. Yeah, it's it's really starting to come back. We've got a lot of grass right now. Uh and anytime we get a lot of grass, the 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 fishing just gets better. Uh, and when I say a lot of grass, it's still this is actually what we would used to consider just an average year of grass. So the south end is kind of covered up, but the north end still doesn't just have a ton of grass. Um the really amazing years here is when you got grass from top to bottom, just kind of spread everywhere, but we're not there yet. I'm going to tell you guys. So when Bass Pro Tour was here, they were still highly winter patterned. Uh, the fish were still in the middle of drains. They were on bait. And that's why you saw a lot of four-facing sonar catches. And you didn't see a lot of guys really kind of getting away from that platform. You know, they were in, you know, everybody was talking about, I think it was like Ott Defoe catching him on a buzz bait mm -hmm. and he caught one on buzz bait. Wait until this week. So we've had nothing but low, like we've had some pretty low lows. I mean, it was frosty this morning. It was like 28 degrees when I went outside, <laughs> but it's supposed to get up to almost 70 today. In the next five days, it's going to be high to mid seventies every day. But the important thing is our lows are going to get in the fifties. So the next few nights is going to be in the 50s, mid to high 50s at night. And anytime you get that, that last week of February, first week of March, they're going to be pulling up. You're going to go ahead and expect to see guys catch a bunch on a spinnerbait, chatterbait, um, you know, trapping, you know, a lot of guys jerking. Uh, and honestly, the water is hot and it's dirty. You're going to see a bunch of guys catching them flipping bushes. You're going to see a bunch of guys throwing, you know, soft plastic stickworms like an ocho but you're still going to have guys catching more forward facing sonar but i really really think this is going to be a fun tournament to watch and, and i think it's kind of possibilities are endless i i wouldn't be shocked if you don't see a couple guys make a top 10 flipping bushes i, I will say that now i've also heard some guys say like oh hey there's a chance that someone cracks a 40 pound bag in this event is that wishful thinking or is that like give it a percent possibility that we see someone who's like approaching 40 for their uh, best I, don't, I think it's like less than five percent okay um i i do think there's a legit chance you see a 30 
Okay. A very legit chance you see. And and I'm not even saying like a mid to high 30, maybe like a mm-hmm. 31, 32, 33. We are luckily still in the pre-spawn, even if it's the later part of the pre-spawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to our pre-spawn. Uh, but I'd, I mean, I'm not saying it's that. I mean, there's so many really good fishermen in this tournament. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't surprise me because we did see a 40 last year, but the guys that were catching the 40s, um, I mean, it was like one or two guys that caught them every time. So, okay. and I've caught a 40 pound bag here like twice ever in my life, ever. It's still impressive. And and they weren't in tournaments. I mean, it was just like I just caught a 40 pound bag, and that's when it was amazing though, like truly like out of this world fishing. Uh, okay, uh, I want to ask you a grass question uh, because it seems regardless like grass is the key factor in having big bass in a fishery we just saw at washita there was a 10 12 a die 12 uh jacob bigelow caught an 11 in practice but you i mean i'd put these in the top 10 fisheries obviously okeechobee uh granted scott martin blew the thing away but you look in the hole is where the field was it was because of the high water because of a lack of grass that people were concerned about okeechobee we're seeing what happened in the toyota series on gunnersville guy saying gunnersville has never been better the fish population the big fish population they're all saying it's because of the grass you look at toledo you're talking about the grass there the fish population making a comeback so many of these juggernaut fisheries seem to 100 percent be related around the grass and the quality of the grass and the health of the grass is that just, in your opinion, why does grass grow? And I'm remember, you're talking to an Oklahoma guy, Grant, you follow, Fort Gibson, Ted Killer, zero, zero grass, not a blade of grass at any of those places. Why does grass create such a good population and so many big fish uh, on the lakes? Is it strictly just forage and being able to hide? Or what's the deal with grass and the health of the lake? I, I mean, it, that is a humongous factor of it. It does give the forage a place to hide. It gives the bass a place to hide. It gives the bass a place to feel comfortable. They can literally bury down in the bottom of it and never be seen. Uh, and especially in a lake that, let's just say like a Washita, there was more grass on that body of water than I ever expected. It was wild. It was so much grass. When you have that, the bluegill can hide, the shad can hide, uh, the bass can hide. They get, There's going to be banks that nobody ever fishes on that body of water that have a population of bass on it that if anybody decides to go down it, they're going to catch a few, and it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, the best bank ever. So, I mean, it, just look at Jeremiah Kendi. I was watching a little bit of the Bass Live stuff that they had going on, and some of the places he was catching them, I was like, there's not a chance I would have ever fished that spot. And, I mean, it was just kind of like, really abnormal places and it just goes to show you that like there's just a population of fish in the grass everywhere that there is grass so i I just think it just makes lakes healthier it cleans the water it's just a lot of different factors like look at grand lake for example grand has zero grass it has a lot of rock what's made grand a little bit better is it has like a million brush piles and boat docks and it gives some places to hide but you look at places that don't have those availabilities like the brush and all that stuff, it makes the fishing a lot harder and gives those plate, you know, the, the bait less places to hide the fish have still like not stunted growth, but you're not going to see the 12, 13, 14 pounders. It just is a different deal. I mean, and if the fish don't have the, the, the places to, to kind of rest and not, you know, feel immense amount of pressure and then it makes the fishing a lot harder. It's crazy to me. There's more pressure than there's ever been on Toledo bed at Guttersville. And you're talking to guys who are saying, Hey, the fishing and the quality of fish, the health of the fish and the size of the fish is better than it's been in decades. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, mean, goodness gracious. Like I, that place has like four tournaments a weekend and it continues to put out big bags and a lot of bass. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It is. You're in such a good area of the country. You can do so much. Uh, all right. Let's talk about what everyone is waiting for. The open pros pick them. Uh, are you, who's back this year? What is it? Where can people watch it? Uh, what's the deal with that as the elite series kicks off on Thursday on, uh, Toledo bend? Uh, we're probably, I mean, the, the goal here is to get it (laughs) on YouTube by tomorrow. Um, it will, it will be me. Ish Monroe, 
Todd Cassidy, Matt Pingrak. It will be the same original cast that we had last year. I bring them all back for another season of Open Pros Pick'em. It is going to be a spicy year, I have a feeling. I mean, like, you add Todd and Panger together, you got Ish just being mean. And Panger. he's feeling I mean, it, too, after the first first quarter it. of the yeah. open season, so he's got a little a little momentum yeah. rolling. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good year. I mean, it. the interesting thing this year is we have a whole group of rookies coming in the Elite Series, and we've competed against all of them. Every one of us, minus Todd, uh, for the most part, has competed against every one of these rookies all year last year, and some of them the year before that as, as well. So we we know them really well, and we know how well they fish in certain you know situations and stuff like that. So um, I think this might be our best year yet on Open Pros Pick'em. I, I really do. And that will be out on uh, Andrew Upshaw Fishing on your YouTube, YouTube. channel. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube. You can probably uh, find it on Bassmaster by Wednesday as well if you don't want to search my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just a, a – man, we started doing that, I guess, four years ago just kind of as a fun, like, hey, joke kind of thing, and it's kind of grown to where it is. It's crazy how many people actually tune into that and enjoy that. I mean, I get people all the time. I've gotten so many messages over the last uh, couple weeks Saying, man, we can't wait. Are you going to do it again? Because like, I've been ghost town on it. I haven't. I haven't said anything. I haven't nothing. I want people to really get excited about it. And so uh, when we come back with it, it'll be fun. I think everybody's going to have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, anything else? Just you just have a burning desire uh, to talk about on BTL this morning, Andrew? We do uh, the the Let's Just TV Academy tour that I just did in Lufkin. Mm -hmm. That is one of five stops that we're going to have this year. Our next stop is going to be Grand Lake the weekend before the Bassmasters Classic at uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Academy. So March sixteenth on that Saturday. Yeah, it'll be March sixteenth, and then we're going to have two in Alabama. We're going to have one up around Birmingham and one down around Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. And then we'll wrap up the season in Columbia, South Carolina, South Carolina. And I look to have every one of the events really, really good. We're giving away a lot of free fishing line. I'm doing a seminar. The last seminar I did was how to fish a lipless crankbait, what you need to do to fish a lipless crankbait, line size, all that cool stuff. And every single seminar is going to be a little bit different and more structured to the area that we're at. So we'll talk about Grand Lake at the next one. Talk about some of the other Oklahoma fisheries. I, I did live up there for quite some time. Kind of have a, a pretty good history up there and through Alabama and South Carolina as well. So I, I think it'll be a really good series. So make sure y'all stay tuned to that. If you are in those areas, uh, make sure y'all show up because it is going to be a lot of fun and, and a lot of free stuff. So everything's free, as James Watson says. Yeah. Everything's free. I love it. Free. 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 Uh, I guess I'll see you next at. Santee Cooper. Like a week and a half. I feel like I've yeah. seen you more of my wife in the last like month and a half. Yeah, I know. Well, they did three uh three opens with just a couple a uh, couple weeks in between. But then we get uh basically an eight week break before we head to uh Alabama. But man, uh very interesting open coming up at Santee with the BPT there. Uh with the BPT there this week, and then we'll go. It looks like catch. they hit it like the worst week though. I, yeah, I, I haven't like, Oh, did you see what Zach Burge deal. caught? -uh. Oh no, that big goldfish, dude! That was, was like a thing? thirty pound goldfish. Yeah, that was enormous. I bet that thing was actually worth a lot of money. True. Yeah, I there's no way I would have let that go. Like that would have been no. in in no. the live well, and my day would have been over until we had. I mean, that had to be like a world record. Yeah, no, that thing was enormous. Yeah. I mean, it was a straight I, goldfish. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen very many fish pictures by those guys. Um, and I've kind of been paying attention a little bit because, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. we're headed there. And it's all and, public information. And it's public info. And so I was just kind of looking at it. And I've never been there. So it's one of those, like, I'm I'm kind of learning every day. But it really looks like they're hitting it at maybe one of the worst weeks. <laughs> With the worst um, conditions. And, but I really think by the time we get there, I think it'll be pretty good. So I hope uh, so. Did you watch Randy yeah. Howell's deal where he's idling around that channel marker and he's like, the first time I was here, the waves were over this 10 feet thing. And he goes, it was the worst day in Bassmaster history to have the field suck their boat. And I'm like, oh, okay, la, 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 moving on. <laughs> Did not want to yeah. hear that one. Exactly. Yeah, it no, was that is scary. And then uh, Matt Lee caught a clam 
like that ate his chatterbait and Fred caught a clam that ate his rattle trap. Or so I'm alive. Like actually ate it. Like boom. In the in in the clam, which reminds me on Kentucky Lake in the Toyota series. Oh, event, God, yeah. I called for the net on an Alabama rig. And I mean, I fought a large clam back to the boat and it had two of the wires like in its mouth. Like it had it's sitting there. I ran it past it, boom, reeled it in, and it was like wow. a giant muscle. You ever caught a muscle? Yeah, I've caught them in the, at Kentucky Lake back in its prime. You know, but caught them on a jig, caught them on a crankbait, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been fooled. Actually, the worst I ever got fooled was at Grand Lake throwing a square bill, and I caught a rock, and it was a big <laughs> rock. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a giant. And like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's so heavy. And then I got it up, and I was like, oh, it's a rock. Like, I mean, it was the most defeated I think I've ever been. Yeah, I did that with the Zebco 33 on Grand. I, I was trapping a flat, and I hooked the – uh, foam of the Zebco 33 handle in the trap. And like, you know, I'm holding it here and the thing's going sideways. And then, you know, you pull it this way and it goes back the other way. And I got my guy waiting on me with the net and I'm literally like, it's on my Instagram way back from a couple years. And I'm like, dude, this is a giant, like this is a big one. I don't think he even knows he's hooked yet. And it comes up and then all of a sudden, like Excalibur out of the water comes a old rusty Zebco 33. And I felt like about that big. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's basically my rock story in a nutshell. Those rocks will get you sometimes. Every time. And now I've gotten so used to it. It's like, Oh, that's a rock. And then everyone's yeah. like, yeah, that's a rock. And then it goes. Yeah. I did that uh, in the, remember the Arkansas tech invitational on Dardanelle. That's another lake that's coming back big time with grass. Uh, but I was fishing with chip Porsche and the first morning of that, I flipped in and I lifted up on a jig and we're fishing straight mud and it's swimming that way. And I jack it and I said, there's one. And I reel it in. And I mean, this is, this is literally one in a billion odds. So I had flipped my jig on the initial fall through the eye socket of a beaver skull. And the head of the jig had wedged in the corner of the eye socket. And then when I lifted, the skull moved like a rock. So I set the hook, thought I had a fish and reeled in a beaver skull with the jig through the eye socket of the beaver skull. I have ever done that one. That was pretty wild. That is like a one in a billion odds of flipping through a beaver skull, I would would believe. Yeah. We kept it for a day, but then we had a bad day. So we decided it was bad luck. Yeah, it had to have been bad luck then, no doubt. So... All right. Uh, follow Andrew Upshaw at Andrew Upshaw Fishing uh, on YouTube. Check out your uh, local TV for Let's Fish TV. Also, after those air uh, on what channel is it on? It's so we're Bally Sports Southwest, yep. Bally Sports Southeast, Sportsman's Channel, Bally Sports Florida, Waypoint TV, among other streaming platforms. And we do post most of the episodes later on YouTube afterwards. So, yep. so you can do the Let's Fish TV for those episodes. Well, and uh, our first episode this year airs the first week of March. So Mark, I think it's like March 7th is our first episode of the year. So we'll go March 7th all the way through November. Woo. Am I still doing yep. the Oklahoma Lake breakdowns every week? Yes, you are. Better get ready right. for it. I did. So that's a fine line because I I I keep up with what's uh with what's going on, you know, in Oklahoma. Uh, and I had a couple people that were like, Hey, that doesn't need to be on TV. And I'm like, dude, I'm supposed to be doing the fishing report on where the fish are biting. So we'll do the same thing. We'll do the same thing this yeah. year. Make some Oklahoma. Well, I appreciate people. you having me on Angry. Matt. And, uh, I'll see you here in a couple weeks. Not even like a week and a half. Yeah, so. that'll work. I'll see you, Andrew. See you, buddy. All right, later. All right. That is Andrew Upshaw. We'll take a final break. When we come back, talk about what's going on, uh, the rest of the week. Uh, on BTL, uh, and then recap also the Giesen Roy St. Jude fundraiser. It's BTL on a Monday. We'll be back right after that. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got copper shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got sparkle shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. 
So you wanna give them a little different look, that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is gonna handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. Get the best patterns back by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the deep dive app today. Look at that beast right there. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, You've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing. From household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right, welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Monday. Uh, BTL, I said, reminder, if you are uh, in the new Preg, it's close to Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota area. There's the Crappie Chronicles and Bass Talk Live Break Your PB St. Jude fundraiser February 24th. That's coming up this Saturday, 4 to 9 p.m. at the Giesenbroy Beer Company in New Prague. Uh, I had never... Well, to be quite honest, I'd never seen uh, I'd never seen Minnesotans in winter drink uh, craft beer. They're very talented at it. Uh, there's actually a break your PB beer for the guys for the Crappie Chronicles. It's like a peanut butter beer that is absolutely delicious. So uh, hope to see guys there. A lot of uh, raffle items, all of that going directly to uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. All right. Uh, interesting week coming up. Like I said, there are a lot of tournaments going on this week. The Elite Series and the BPT are on top of each other on two historic fisheries in Toledo Bend and Santee Cooper. So uh, obviously the professional guys at that level uh, off the board for guests. So tomorrow we have Tristan McCormick who had a good showing. Uh, and then also uh, the Kings of Bass uh, dropped on the Kings of Bass and Strike King and Lou's uh, YouTube channel too that chronicles the Bassmaster open season for both uh, Tristan uh, Tristan McCormick. Um, and so he's going to be on to talk a little bit about that. And then on Wednesday, Jody White from Major League Fishing uh, will be on. I want to talk to Jody, and I think he's in the comments here. There is a lot of young up-and-coming guys over the last two years in the Toyota Series and now on the uh, Invitationals or uh, Pro Circuit, whatever you want to call it, who I am not caught up with. So Jody White, uh, if you're listening, what you have to do is I want you to come up with the top 10 young guns over at MLF. Uh, we've seen what uh what drew gill has done recently there's a number of these guys that are over there uh so we need to have a watch list uh from jody white and then he's going to preview kind of the rest of the season uncle frank returns on thursday for live day four with the man frank scalish and then uh guy day returns on friday with casey scanlon from lake of the ozarks and he is going to talk about guiding on the number one recreation lake in the country. Uh, so that'll be very interesting. Casey also fishing the Bassmaster Open EQs. And then I'm going to try to refilm uh, 
had some had some connection issues uh, with Captain Ben Florentino, who guides for uh, calico bass out in the ocean out in Southern California. We got halfway through a show twice and then we had major glitches. I was really upset because this is a really cool show, a really cool opportunity if you're ever out there in California to catch bass, but in the salt. Uh, so we'll get back on track with the, uh, with the day five. So uh, like I said, you can stay tuned to basszone.com, basstalklive.com uh, for all the updated shows for the show schedules uh, this week. Uh, if you're around that, uh, if you're around that area in Minnesota, come on out, uh, send me a message if you have any questions about where it is. And then in the next week, also uh, on BassZone.com, the BTL merch will be dropping along with the exclusive Day 4 merchandise and the uh, St. Jude's fundraiser t-shirt that we are doing for the fourth year in a row. So uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, thanks to uh, Adam Bartuzek for getting up early to jump on. And then Andrew Upshaw. I know he's been busy as heck. Uh, his boy Kane is really good at sports too. So every evening he's he's talking sports uh, with Kane. He's doing stuff for the TV show. He's fishing the open. So many uh, irons in that fire. So I greatly appreciate that he made time to do that. And I guess we're filming the Open Pros Pick'em uh, today. That'll be out later this week on Andrew Upshaw Fishing. That's all we got for today. Tristan McCormick tomorrow. We'll see you guys then. Later. <laughs>